is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. As minicamp invites turn to official signings, we're going to be looking to feature those players on Spring Forward. While the Spring League continues planning for the 2018 Spring League Showcase, we'll be focusing on some of the league's most recent success stories. One of those stories is of tight end Paul Butler, who was invited to Raiders minicamp and last week put pen to paper and inked his first NFL deal with Oakland. Take a listen to the long, unconventional road he's taken to the NFL in today's episode. Paul Butler is a 6'6 tight end who played his college ball at Akron and California University, Pennsylvania. Before he was a member of Team West at the Spring League in Austin, he spent some time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He then participated in the Spring League and received an offer to attend Oakland Raiders minicamp following the conclusion of the league. Last week, Paul officially signed with the Raiders. First off, congratulations are in order, and welcome on to Spring Forward. Hey, thank you for having me. Full disclosure, I mean, for, for most other guests, I, I spend a really long time researching, so I, you know, so the questions sound good, and, 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 we're, and we're down with the life story. You actually have a post on Instagram from May 14th, 2017, um, when you got into Steelers minicamp and had your first tryout. And it basically provides a structure for your life and your football life. So I think we're just going to take it from there and we'll break that down sort of sentence by sentence and, and time by time. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll get to the spring league if that sounds good. Yeah, man, that sounds great. So that post starts with, uh, and this is, your, this is coming off of your first NFL shot. Uh, it says, just to tell you a little bit about my journey and hope it may inspire someone. Uh, growing up, I was a poor kid from a poor town and never given a fair chance to show my abilities in high school because of small town politics. Um, so first off, uh, where are you from? Um, I grew up in a town called Reynoldsville, Pennsylvania. Um, I went to a uh, school in a city, smaller city called Dubois, Pennsylvania. Um, and that's where uh, I played my high school ball at. So it goes on to say, coming out of high school, I was mostly only being recruited by small D3 schools. Having my dreams set higher, I had to walk on to the University of Akron, uh, the worst team in D1 football for three consecutive years. Um, so what does high school recruiting look like for you? And, and assuming because you said you had to walk on, did you just apply to Akron as a, a normal student and you got on campus and, and tried to make the team? Yeah, so um, my area isn't really well known for their football and it isn't heavily recruited by especially big schools. So it's usually a lot, like a lot of smaller schools, um, mostly D3 schools. Um, we had a couple D2 schools come in, but not really show a whole lot of interest in us. So um, I try to get my name out there the best I could. Coming out of high school, I went to a couple uh, like recruiting conventions and stuff where there's like multiple small schools there. And, uh, and like I said, it wasn't, wasn't a whole lot going on for me. Um, you know, D3, they don't offer athletic scholarships or anything. So uh, I just wasn't really satisfied with how my recruiting was going. And, you know, I didn't really have a standout high school career either, you know. Um, so it's not like I had a lot of schools lining up to give me offers or anything. So um, I ended up finding out about Akron a little bit and, uh, and rolling there and uh, end up trying out for the football team there. I guess to give people an idea of, of uh, what high school recruiting was like and what kind of schools are in your area, uh, what are some of the names of the D3 schools that, that you think you could have played at? Teal College was uh, recruiting me pretty good. Waynesburg, 
um, Allegheny College. Can't really think anymore. Just some real small Susquehanna, the small schools. And then did you pick Akron sort of because of the state of its football program and you thought that it would uh, be easier to walk on than, than maybe if you had gotten into a bigger school, you know, just through academics or something like that? Um, or did Akron have some sort of uh, meaning to you uh, during high school? So what happened was is my midget football coach met their assistant football director at some kind of coaching clinic or something, and they had a conversation about me. And it kind of, they, you know, reached out to me and said, you know, we'd be interested in having you on for like a walk-on day visit or whatever. So I took that visit, and uh, uh, they kind of misled me into thinking I was going to have a, a spot on the team when I enrolled and came to campus. Um, so I was like, cool, I'll be a walk-on at a D1 school. That's better than going to play D3 ball. But um, after I enrolled in school and everything, that's when they told me um, that if I wanted to play football, I had to try out. And I was already, like, you know, committed. You know, this is in the summer, so I'm, like, working hard to get myself ready for it. And so I was kind of blindsided by it, but I didn't want to accept not playing there, transferring out, and just kind of failing out right away. So um, that's when I ended up trying out. And I didn't make the team. Um, I ended up being ineligible. And then um, so I had to take a whole year off of football. And then um, I tried out again, and then that's when I actually made the team the next year. Right. So so back to the Instagram post, and you just covered a little bit of it, but you said, I was cut there twice before I was able – to finally call myself a college football player. Uh, after I felt I proved myself a scholarship-worthy player and not receiving one, I looked for better opportunities elsewhere. Um, so you did play a season at Akron, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so then you wrote, I, I transferred to Cal PA but had to sit behind a former high school state player of the year award winner for two seasons before earning the starting spot. Um, so you've, you've played D1 ball. You, you, uh, you spent a year at Akron. <laughs> Um, going into junior year as a full-time starter, you blew out two major ligaments in your foot on your first and only catch of that season. Um, so, you know, take us through that year transferring from, so first of all, how'd your, your season in Akron go? You make the decision to transfer and first catch of the year, you have a major injury. Yeah. So when I did finally make the team at Akron, um, they had me playing defensive end. Um, I never played that position before up until that point. So it was a lot of learning for me. Um, you know, I started picking it up as I went. But then towards the end of the year, uh, the starting tight end got hurt, so they needed a scout team tight end to play. And then they asked me to be the scout team tight end. And um, the first week, I mean, I, I lit our defense up. I mean, I was running around catching everything. Um, I was named scout team player of the week. Um, you know, I really felt like I proved I could play tight end, especially at – that level on that team with just how I performed. And uh, so then spring ball came around and they moved me back to defensive end after they told me multiple times they're going to move me to tight end. So they moved me back to two defensive end and, uh, you know, I didn't get a scholarship or anything. Um, and I was just kind of frustrated with how I was being treated. I knew I wasn't going to play a defensive end. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to look into other options. And then that's when I ended up transferring to Cal. 
Now, Cal University, Pennsylvania is just outside Pittsburgh, and I know where you're from is a little bit more rural, but do you consider that home? Is that close to home? Um, it's probably a good two and a half hours from my hometown. Um, very similar in the sense of just in the middle of nowhere in the country, you know. Um, so I consider it like home just because it reminded me a lot of home, but it's still, you know, a little ways away. So, uh Cal University PA is a it's a Division two school. They play out of the uh, Pennsylvania Athletic Conference. Um, so you decided to transfer there, and game one, catch one, foot injury. What's yeah, what's so this you know year like for you? Yeah, so I played there for two years before my foot injury. The foot injury was my junior year, and that's when you're reading my story. That's when I had to sit behind a four or five star transfer from Texas Tech. It was a great athlete, but um, I just felt, you know, I was better then. And, uh, but I didn't really have that name on my side. So, you know, I just kept working and working and working. And then eventually my talent stood out so much that they had to name me the starter because it wasn't even close. So, um, so when I was finally the starting tight end going into my junior year, being the number one tight end, that's when I caught the ball on my first catch and blew out all the ligaments in my foot. And then I was just like over right before I even knew it. So, so even before their injury, I mean, does, where do you think your confidence comes from? I mean, I, it sounds like you had some amazing times on the scout team at Akron and, and forced sort of forced their hand to play you, even though you didn't stick at that position. Then you outwork a, a Texas tech transfer and they have to give you the starting job. So, I mean, at what point in that road is your confidence just sort of start blooming to, to where it is today that you're an NFL player? I don't even know. I just always just been so motivated to be as best as I could be. Um, you know, growing up in high, throughout middle school and high school, I never really got, you know, a fair chance at sports to really display my talents. Like I said, with the small town politics thing, um, and that always just kind of motivated me that, like, I know how good I am. I know how good I can be. And, like, I refuse to accept anything less. So, um, I don't know. It just was always, you know, fuel to the fire, you know, and I just wanted some, to do something great, you know. So, just to finish out this Instagram post, um, during that time, you write, I was also in the process of losing my home because of family matters. Everything I had was being taken away from me, and I was in some dark places but I kept my trust in God and kept working. Uh, you write, I beat the recovery time of my injury by months and got healthy in time for my senior year, uh, helping my team to dominate our conference. So that senior year, you were actually named first team uh, in your conference. Um, just take us through the emotions of, of finishing out college sort of on that note. Yeah, so um, I was I booted up and casted up for about six weeks um, after my surgery. And... Uh, so I, I, you know, I couldn't do anything, work out or anything. And then, so once I was like healthy and good to start working out again, I just took it to a whole new level. Um, you know, I was working out a few hours a day, every day, as far as I could. I was on a real strict diet. I was eating really good. Um, and then I started doing yoga every day, um, to get, you know, my body flexible again and to strengthen up the ligaments in my foot. Um, so I think doing all, all that stuff and really taking care of myself uh, really got me healthy, you know, especially, you know, I had a Liz Frank injury in my right foot, and that's going to take over a year for a full recovery. And, you know, within seven, eight months, I was cleared and um, 
you know, ready to go. And I think it's because of how I prepared myself to get ready in my senior season. And I also knew like that was my only shot. Um, you know, if I wanted to play professionally, I had to have a good senior season. So, you know, I wasn't on anybody's radars going into my senior season. So I was really a nobody. And, uh, and I wasn't exactly satisfied with how my senior year went. You know, I only had 15 catches. I feel like I should have had way more uh, receptions than that. And it wasn't that I couldn't catch. Like, I didn't. Have, I had one career drop in my whole college career. I, like, I caught everything. Um, I just wasn't used the way I felt like I should have been used. So, yeah, I was first team all conference. But um, I think it was more so because of my blocking. Like, I understood that I had to really become a good blocker and a good receiving tight end if I wanted to play in the NFL. So I took a lot of pride in getting um, my technique down and my blocking and stuff. But like I said, um, I definitely wasn't satisfied with my personal uh, achievements. Um, I definitely feel like I had a lot more I could have put out there. But what really mattered, too, was um, how we performed as a team. Um, I mean, we had an incredible special team that year. Um, like I said, we, were, we went 11 and 0, made it to the final eight um, until we got knocked out, and I mean we just beat up on everybody. So I never was the guy to complain about how many balls I was getting because we were doing so well as a team, and I never wanted to make anything about myself. So I kind of just took it, like you know, I couldn't, um, I didn't want to just start complaining and making a big scene, you know, making it about myself, especially since we were doing so well. So. You know, I just had to kind of bite the bullet and just deal with it. And, uh, you know, we ended up, like I said, we had a great senior year. So I was definitely very satisfied about that. So you do finish up your college career, uh, a great team senior year, and you get a, a tryout with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are effectively your hometown team or, or at least uh, closer to your college and where you grew up. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of, you know, obvious reasons for, getting a chance with, with your local team. I think we've definitely talked to guys on this podcast before that have that have gotten chances with their local NFL teams. Um, is that just because those teams are able to scout locally? Uh, is there something that the Steelers saw in you that they told you why they wanted to bring you in uh, for camp? Just you know, tell us about that first NFL experience before we get to your spring league experience. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what necessarily drew their interest in me. Um, I had a good pro day. I didn't run the best 40, but I jumped a, you know, a great vertical and showed, you know, I was explosive. So, um, I definitely caught their eye with that. We only had three teams show up to our pro day. So, I mean, that obviously didn't help me either. Um, and the Steelers are one of them. So, uh, that got me on their radar and got me the, uh, mini camp invite. Did you grow up a Steelers fan? I mean, do you, do you have Pennsylvania allegiances? No, I actually grew up a Dolphins fan, and uh, so growing up a Dolphins fan, they were never very good. So, um, but I was dedicated to my team, and I always took a lot of uh, ridicule and harassment from all the Steeler fans. So I was, I always kind of hated the Steelers um, because of that, you know. So a little different. So the spring league comes along, and there there is there are large gaps of time, you know, in between your tryout with the Steelers and the spring league. But uh, how did you find out about the spring league, and ultimately find out that you got accepted to play in it? Um, a kid I played with at Akron, uh, DeAndre Scott, he played in the spring league in California the year before, 
And um, so that kind of caught my attention was seeing him out there. So I started doing my research on it and looking into it and then talking to him about it and um, seeing what he thought about it. So I was like, all right, I might, you know, have to make that move and try to play in that. And I was also caught in between either doing that or losing weight and trying to play wide out in the CFL. So, um, which is what I was doing uh, towards the end of last year. I I dropped down to 235 and um, was really getting ready to do all these CFL workouts. And then um, my new agent now, Sammy Spina, he messaged me and was saying that, um, you know, he thinks the spring league would be a good move for me. He thinks that's something I should do. So I was like, yeah, um, I was looking into that. I was really thinking about that. And, you know, I like your thought process on it. So uh, I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, in uh, December, um, I registered for the spring league and thought that would be uh, – my next best move. So that's when I started getting myself ready for that and putting weight back on. So at the spring league, you were assigned to team West and tell us about your team dynamic, who your quarterbacks were, uh, you know, any stats that you accrued uh, during games there. I know you scored a touchdown. My quarterbacks were Brian Scott and Zach Mettenberg. Um, Mettenberg really kind of took me under his wing and uh, really showed me a lot and, you know, taught me a lot and how things work. And, uh, you know, he was a you know great leader for not only just Team West, but the whole, all of the four teams. And uh, another guy was Zach Sudfield. He also took me under his wing. He played tight end in the league for a few years. And uh, he taught me a lot, too, and uh, was very, very helpful and just awesome to me the whole time. And uh, so I was grateful I was on the team with those kind of guys that, you know, was teaching me so much. And uh, so, yeah, the first game um, – I had a few catches and a touchdown on a little pump route. And uh, in the second game, I had another pretty nice catch coming across the middle. Took a nice shot on my ribs that are just now starting to feel better. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. Obviously, uh, everybody down there played in the NFL, so it was great competition. And that's what really made me believe in myself that I could really play at this level too. So, you know, I was definitely – very satisfied with my experience down there. What are the big advantages that you see in the spring league? You know, there's various reasons, whether it's, you know, guys that haven't been on tape in a while or getting around former NFL coaches. I mean, what in your mind were, were the big advantages of, of competing in the spring league? Obviously something very good came out of it for you. Um, but even before the, the Raiders opportunity, what did you see as, uh, as the big upside to attending in Austin? Uh, just the opportunity to get seen in front of some teams, uh, teams again. You know, there's not a developmental league to the NFL, so there's nothing for guys who are still trying to pursue their dreams to, you know, keep playing and keep trying to get looks. You know, when you're out of football for a year, you're, you know, virtually a dead man in the you know, eyes of the NFL. So, um, you know, just having that opportunity to go play professional football in front of a bunch of teams and get eyes on you again. I think that's a huge advantage and a great opportunity. The spring league wrapped up, uh, you know, it's only a two game season and it wrapped up in the second week of April. Um, so take us from the, you know, the minute that that, the last second clicks off the, the ticks off the clock of that game to getting a call from the Raiders and, and going out to California, uh, real California for your chance at the NFL. Yeah, so um, I got home on a Friday after the spring league, 
I knew I, I had a feeling I was going to get something just from how I performed and uh, for what the tight ends coach at the spring league was telling me. I, I had a feeling I was going to get some kind of opportunity. But I didn't know it would be so early. So the Sunday after I got back, that's when my agent called me and said that the Raiders are going to invite me to mini camp. I was like, geez, this is like three weeks before the draft. This is really early. So this is good news. You know, I got something already. You know, I didn't come out and announce the uh, news right away. I just kind of wanted to hold it to myself, you know, make sure everything was more set in stone or in case I got anything else. Um so I knew about that for a few weeks before the draft, and obviously the draft happened, and uh, you know the Raiders didn't draft any tight ends, so I thought that said a lot too about what they thought about me. It was a long couple weeks, um, not knowing what was going to happen for sure, but it was nice knowing that I had an opportunity waiting for me, guaranteed. Right, so I think this is actually a fairly confusing time in the NFL calendar for, for the average fan. Um, so can you just describe... Because you ultimately come out of minicamp and you end up getting signed. So can you describe the difference for people listening between rookie minicamp and getting signed to the roster, both in what that means in the actual business of football terms, and then obviously what it, the difference that it means to the players and, and someone in your position? Yes, yeah, so the minicamp, um, I believe there's 55 guys they had here for rookie minicamp, and only... 15 of them were signed either through the draft or as undrafted free agents. So that meant there's about 40 tryout guys. So there's a ton of guys out there um, playing and trying to, you know, prove that they could play at this level and earn, you know, a spot on the roster. So it's very competitive, uh, obviously very stressful. The You know, you're getting thrown a giant playbook at you that you got to learn. And on top of that, you got to, you know, go out there and, you know, not only apply the plays, but, you know, play fast and, you know, just try to display your talents as best as you can. And uh, so I ended up having, you know, a very successful mini camp. Um, Gruden actually named me the uh, offensive MVP for mini camp at the end of the last day. So um, when he kind of, when he named me that, I kind of knew I was going to get signed. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely a crazy experience. Yeah, and and it's no secret that John Gruden, you know, has known to like a, a tight end or two on his roster. Um, the Oakland tight end group currently consists of yourself, Jared Cook, Lee Smith, Derek Carrier, Farrow Brown, and Marcus Ball. Uh, so give me, uh, you know, put on your analyst cap and give me the quick scouting report on where you fit into that mix. Um, well, three of those guys, Jared Cook, Lee Smith, and Derek Carrier, um, all have a lot of NFL experience between them all. Um, so it's those guys are the guys right now. Um, Farrow was on the practice squad last year, and then me and Marcus are the young bucks coming in. So um, obviously right now we're the young bucks, so we're at the bottom of the list. So it's definitely uh, it's going to take a lot of work, you know, to work my way up and prove that I can play and that I belong on the 53-man roster being what you've gone through in the last four or five years and, and what we've talked about over the last, you know, 25 or so minutes, what, it, what does it mean to put pen to paper and sign an NFL contract for you? Man, it was, uh, it was pretty surreal. Um, you know, obviously you heard my story, like, you know, I, I, well, I'm not supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to get another opportunity. Um, 
you know, I virtually did the impossible. So um, it was very surreal, but yet satisfying moment, you know, that I'm here, I did it. Like I'm literally accomplishing my dreams, like my, that I've had my whole life. Like when I signed that uh, contract, it was like, this is a dream come true, you know. Now, job security is a very relative term when you're a professional football player. Um, but you found a team. So what does your summer look like? And, you know, what are the different paths that that could result at the end of the summer? So I'm here now working out with the team. I've been here since the minicamp. Um, right now we're just working out in the mornings. We're uh, installing the playbooks, having a lot of team meetings. Um, then we'll go outside and run a little bit and then we'll have like a walkthrough where we're applying the plays, um, to the class from the classroom. And then the rookies, uh, they got to do a lot of extra stuff this week. So there's a lot more meetings, a lot of, uh, player engagement meetings, um, you know, more meetings with the position coaches and going over stuff more in detail because virtually, we're three to four weeks behind all the veterans in, you know, the playbook and what they've installed already. So we got to play catch up. So it's a lot more we got on our plates right now. Um, you know, not only with the whole, uh, overwhelming aspect of being here, um, you know, you, it's really a mental game. You know, you got to learn the plays and, you know, understand the whole playbook. Cause in rookie minicamp, we only got like a chunk of it. Now we're getting the whole thing, so it's it's uh it's definitely a lot, you know, on the mind. And what are some of the next um, you know, landmarks in, in your summer or, or this year that you need to clear to to make the team or you know, take that next step in your career? So next week we'll have our first week of OTAs and then we'll have OTAs for the next three weeks, and then the fourth week will be mandatory minicamp. So I believe that's in like the week of June 10th to 15th, I believe. Then the veterans get to leave and go about their summer, but the rookies got to stay another two weeks up until the end of June with more player engagement meetings and, uh, you know, working out with the strength conditioning staff and just, you know, getting ourselves mentally ready for training camp. But then we'll break off at the end of June for a few weeks, um, so I'll probably go, you know, back home to Pennsylvania and visit, spend some time with my family for a few days. And then I think I'll end up being out in Arizona training uh, with uh, one of my ch- best friends from my childhood um, and getting ready for the season out there with him. And then we'll report for training camp at the end of July in Napa, California. Well, that sounds like a, an amazing summer, especially for someone who's, you know, been looking forward to this uh, your whole life. So, Again, a huge congratulations. Uh, we'll, we'll all be keeping our eyes on on the Raiders this year. You know, behind uh, well, a first year head coach again, John Gruden. I don't really know how to say that, but um, <laughs> you know, again, congrats and you know, thank you so much for your time and coming on the pod. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Paul's got a long summer of work ahead of him, and we wish him the best of luck in making the Week 1 roster in Oakland. Follow Paul's story along with the rest of the Spring League success stories on the Spring League social media accounts. You can find the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Spring League. You can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. 
All music was provided to spring forward by Joshua Rosner. We'll catch you next week with an all-new episode. Later. Later.